Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Play Me Twice podcast. Um, I'm super excited because today I'm sitting with my friends, the band Edison. We have Sarah, Dustin, and Maxwell, and they came over for breakfast, which was really fun. It was so good. (laughs) Thank you for cooking. You're welcome. Um, And so they're a awesome band, um, an indie rock awesome band hailing from Denver, Colorado, and they are coming soon to a city near you. Um, They just released an awesome song called The Good Fight, and I think we should play it for you. So what do you guys say? Can we let them hear the track? Yeah, let's give them a listen. Okay. (laughs) Here we go.
Man, I just, I love that song. Um, I remember when I met you guys in Austin. Oh, well, we're at my apartment. so you They can love hear. it too. They love it too. You can hear a little bit of the traffic noises because we're here in Brooklyn. Um, but yeah, I love that song uh, when we met in Austin a few months ago. Thank you. I remember hearing you guys play that and just blown away by it. Um, so I'm super excited that you've just released it and you've got an album coming out and you're visiting us here in New York. Um, do you, could you just maybe tell me, we'll start off first by just telling me how that song was created and what went into it? Um, yeah, last summer in early July, we went to a cabin in the Rocky Mountains to write and, you know, retreat for a few days and just kind of see what came out of it. And we ended up, you know, late night. It's actually one of my favorite songs on the record because it is such a collaborative song between all of us because Max had been, um, he had that guitar part already. And mm-hmm. it's so intricate and it's so interesting and just makes the song in so many ways. So, so he already had that, but it was like a reiteration of that because we started putting words to it. And I was, you know, having a hard time, uh, you know, coming to terms with the demise of a longer relationship. So what we ended up doing lyrically with the song was trying to um, tell both sides of a story because there's never just one, and you know, during a breakup or even if it's a friendship that's falling apart. But we tried to tell both sides and be a little bit fair in it. But both parties agree that there's just something they can't get from each other. Right, right. Um, and I mean, you feel that you have that visceral reaction when you guys play it live and um, also in this amazing recording. Can you tell me a little bit about the recording process and uh, the record that you guys have coming up? Yeah, the, uh, the record's called Familiar Spirit, and we recorded it down in Austin, Texas um, in early May with a wonderful producer named Frenchie Smith. He's worked with Vance Joy, Carlos Santana, um, The Darkness back in the day. And it was really cool, <clears throat> excuse me, to have a producer and, and almost rearrange the songs and just for better placement. And it was it was the first time we've ever, ever actually put our musical trust into someone, and they just knocked it out of the park. And recording was a blast as well because we would start off together and then Frenchie would take Sarah, our singer, up to, uh, upstairs and they would record up there while Max and I would be downstairs just with a trunk full of toys and instruments. Mm-hmm. I remember Frenchie actually said, if you think you're making too much noise, make more. Just record, <laughs> record, play, 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 uh-huh. and then we'll deal with it later. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And especially like for your sound, which has, you know, these organic instruments in it. Um, I mean, I love in your live set how you have like the high of the mandolin and the drum sound, but, you know, incorporating these different frequencies of strings um, really has that full effect. And of course, your wonderful voices. So it's coming out September 16th. What other things do you have planned around this album release that's just going to make it super special for you you know there's a crazy amount of stuff happening really fast since we just uh, started working with our very first record label mm-hmm. it's called rhyme and reason records actually uh from the area here but on the jersey side of things which is where we've been staying while we're here um, in jersey city so now that we've been working with them there's kind of a a bigger plan to it all um, than we could have done on our own we've just been hustling on the road so much so now there's some people helping us so we were going to uh premiere a music video at the end of July for our song Open Road. Right. And then we're going to go out on tour with another band called Jared in the Mill. Mm-hmm. And they're from Phoenix, Arizona. And Max could probably tell a better story of how he knows them. Um, but through Max's connection, we're now going to go on the road with them for like over 30 shows all over the country and come back here to New York on September 2nd at the Mercury Lounge. Awesome. Max, uh, what happened? How did you meet them? I did a solo tour of the West 
the western half of the United States. And uh, my friend Grace Rowland, who's in a boy called Run Boy Run, um, ended up putting me in touch with Jared from Jared in the Mill, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up he ended up hosting a house concert for me at his house, which was a really cool, um, intimate kind of thing. And um, and then yeah. He reached out a couple weeks ago about doing some dates, and then uh, that turned into doing the entire tour. That's awesome. So, um, we're we're still pinching ourselves. Like we've <laughs> we've booked uh, over 150 shows like since we kind of became a full time touring band and quit our jobs and started living out of the van. And mm-hmm. it's a lot of work. Like you know, yeah. you know, it's like you know, one show takes up a ton of time to book and, and advance it properly. So it's a blessing to like go on the road with another band and like showed us the tour schedule and it's like all these venues we've wanted to play for so long. So it's going to be really cool. That's awesome. And you guys deserve it too. You stop it. You cook us (laughs) breakfast and then you're making me blush. Quit. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I think that's, I think what's so interesting about what you guys are doing just, you know, from my personal interest beyond the fact that I love your music is that you exemplify kind of a lot of different ways of being a musician, right? Like, and I'd love for you to tell your story of how you got together in the first place, but just for those of you that are just getting um, introduced to Edison, they have this really like organic, had this really organic way of coming together and this kind of like, we're going to do it in person. We're going to go out and tour. We're going to make our fans live. Um, and and there's so many different ways to be an artist in this day and age. Um, so it's very cool to see you guys having this like organic experience of going out and playing the live shows, but then also now you're having this other angle of working with a label and releasing your album and doing it, you know, doing it in all these different formats, um, you know, with, with your new song that just came out, with the music videos. Um, so maybe could you talk a little bit about like how you guys got started and maybe a little bit how like you feel your career has changed um, in the past year or two years um, as you've grown as a band and like what different directions that's taken. Well, we, um, I met Sarah in, uh, in 2013. Um, I was in a project and we were backing her up because she just had the most, the loveliest songs and um, she was helping us do some booking, and then we ended up going on tour together as a co-headlining tour down um, <clears throat> down to South by Southwest. And um, we spent a lot of late nights after the shows, just writing music and hanging out and playing a lot. And we just ended up kind of bonding. And um, so we decided to get really serious and change our name to Edison in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we started playing together. And then about about six months later, in 2015 or so, we uh, met Maxwell. As we were all on a co-headlining tour together, um, we were opening it for each other, and we were taking turns each night, um, and then kind of the same thing happened where we fell in love with Max, and it just his fingers and his his, um, his, his school of music just made sense for what we were already doing. Mm-hmm. We're like, we've got to play with this I've guy. I've got magic <laughs> fingers. <laughs> Something about Dustin his fingers. Yeah, about <laughs> no, uh, it's true, though. We used to, like... I don't know, we never, we love, like, watching Max's solo stuff on tour, because, like, I mean, you've seen him play, it's just kind of like, yeah, he just has this really crazy way of playing, and we were really captured um, by such a, like, unique unique way of playing guitar, but it had such, like, a catchy, like, pop sensibility to it, but also was, like, more intricate than anything I'd ever seen played, so uh, once he joined the band, it just 
took the songs to a whole new level. You know, Dustin's over there playing. Uh, for those of you who don't know us yet, Dustin plays drums, uh, but it's he's standing up, so he's doing a part part of a drum kit. He also plays mandolin, and he plays the trumpet and the harmonica, and he sings. But yeah, and then you know Maxwell plays guitar, and he played bass for a second, uh, but now he's mostly just doing guitar. But he's, we're also trying to work in him doing like part of the drums, like cymbals. So yeah, we took all the songs that we had, and and then they kind of elevated to a new level whenever Max got in the band. And now with this new record, it's kind of the first time people can hear the fruition of all our time together on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys are doing a lot of amazing things. Um, one thing that I'm really curious about is how how we like get our music out there um, in this modern day and age um, as artists and whether those new modes of kind of, I guess, disseminating our music, hoping that somebody hears it, hoping that it makes a difference um, through the internet and all of these like different channels that we have available to us, whether that influences your creative style, um, your creative process, or even just the way that you kind of envision your future as a as an artist. Mm. Well, I don't think <clears throat> I think a lot of the the way we write is just very organic, and I think we've all tried steering clear of writing with intention of. Um, like reaching an audience, you know, like we kind of just write from the heart and then uh, hope to connect with people individually versus, um, you know, kind of like writing top 40 hits to try to get recognized by top 40. Yeah, we just write, I think, just how Max said it, like we we usually like just go and escape. Like I said, the cabin in the Rockies earlier, we also went to the Chesapeake Bay for a week. Um, These folks that were strangers gave us their vacation home on the bay for a week after meeting us at like this crab dinner thing at my friend's. And then we went to uh, this place called Arcasanti in the Arizona desert, like 90 miles north of Phoenix. And really it's those three landscapes and a couple of road songs that are on the record. So I think that the songwriting part is really really organic but what's different with all these like platforms and ways of connecting is how we engage with people so you know hearing the music sometimes is the second third or fourth or fifth thing they do they might first like like snapchat we really like snapchat mm-hmm. so we make like li- like little mini stories every day and like lord knows what we're doing depending on the day like it's just debauchery <laughs> yeah. so you know maybe they see us there first and then that brings them to like our our page with the music on it or you know on Instagram there's people that have found us on there that maybe they follow the Instagram for a while before they go so there's really not like there's much more connectedness on like us as people and like we've made a lot of friends along the way and it's really like engaging away from the music whereas artists a, a while back before social media and the internet I think we're mostly just engaging through the music because those other means of communication weren't there so I think the writing and the like creation of the music really is like back is it always like the way it's always been like but the way we connect with the audience is so different and it changes all the time because there's like a new app I've never heard of every day right. so I don't know right. there's more options I think for reaching people but there's also a lot more noise yeah totally um one thing that kind of comes to mind is that um that sure, like artists have definitely gone to retreats and and done that, you know, writing process and being in nature is inspirational for so many people. But I almost wonder if it's kind of more necessary now to like go someplace where there's no Wi-Fi and like turn off all of that noise in order to be able to connect um, more deeply and more um, like with with each other and within yourselves. Um, 
do you think that plays a part in a, at all? Or do you think that you probably would have done this anyways if it was 50 years ago and you're like, guys, we got to go right? Well, I think there's a different musician that exists today than they that existed, you know, back in the heyday of like the major labels and that kind of thing. Like so much music is being put out independently these days and really to do a good job, all you need is a computer. You know, everybody's got a computer, everybody's attached to their phones. And, you know, I think for us, like being musicians, it's not like a nine to five. It's like a nine to, you know, 11 p.m. kind of thing. And then even some after that, like constantly following up on emails and doing that kind of thing. So I think in order to really clearly, um, like unless you can carve out time every day to just songwrite Mm -hmm. and turn your phone off, turn your computer off, like you kind of have to step away from time to time. Right. Totally. Does anybody else want to elaborate on that? It's... It's definitely uh, it's definitely different these days. I remember uh, touring mm-hmm. ten years ago, and then just um, you know booking things through MySpace, or actually mm-hmm. just trying to get a hold of the club owner and sending him packages and sending him all that. So it's it's made it a lot easier for communication. Right, right. Um, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> made it through. Um, I think you know, and this is my own personal take, so feel free to just throw it out um, if, if it doesn't resonate with you. Um, but I mean, one thing that I notice um, is that, like, yeah, we're connected all the time, um, but it's kind of like a different mindset um, to be connected and connecting with people through social media or just all the emails. Like it's, it's more of a logistic mindset. Um, and sometimes, yeah, to be able to switch between those two different ways of thinking of being like logical and being creative uh, can be challenging. It is for me. Um, and I'm, I can imagine it would be for you guys. Um, but you're also on the road a lot and you're driving and you're like juggling a lot of different things. Um, what is, what does that look like for you? What does that look like in terms of staying inspired, um, staying creative or, you know, booking that for Mm -hmm. knowing that it's going to be later? What, what is, what is that for, for Edison? I think, you know, there's, there's multiple hats that you wear during the day. Uh, you know, you wake up and like you are the roadie that's loading gear in and out um, of the venue and the trailer. You're uh, coordinating lodging and logistics for the tour. You're estimating, you know, your mileage, your arrival time when you need to leave. You know, every day uh, there's a whole like little ship to run, and and you really live for that 45 minutes or hour you get on stage um, because the way that that feels makes everything else worth it. And it's still, I mean, it's a great. We have a great time on the road, and you know, you're still like traveling with your best friends and seeing the country, but you know, you might have Max's hotspot on his phone on and then I'm on my computer and we're advancing the next few shows or, you know, it's so everyone's doing something different or Dustin's like sitting on the floor of the van, like filling out some thank you cards and we're stopping at a post office and mailing them out. You know, like there's just always five things to think about. But the moment you get on stage, you don't think about anything. You just feel everything. And you're talking about being so connected, but I think the world's never been more connected or more disconnected in, in different ways, you know. So as as much as people might like the music, there's something new to look at every second on the internet and there's all these things. So we're on like guilty of being connected all day long too, but it's almost like once you're all in a room together, 
you all kind of disconnect from that digital world and you connect in the way that like really you can't replicate or burn a copy of it's just there and it happens once and you know no song well the shows are always different for us like you never you never know what's going to happen um so i think it's a way to just kind of get recalibrated every night yeah you know and like recharge for the next day Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah, and, and you guys definitely bring the passion to the stage. I remember when I saw you at South by, and Sarah was like leaping into the audience <laughs> <laughs> and dancing on tables. Yeah, I'm a, um, yeah, I'm a cat. <laughs> and it, it was just for me. I was just you know, as another artist, so inspired by the passion that you bring and the and the presence that you bring um, you. to to the moment. You know. Um, so yeah, thanks for making music. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, yeah. we really appreciate it very much. <laughs> we, uh, we live for being on stage and just put everything out there every night. Almost as every every show is our last show, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a, um, a mantra that we followed for a while. Yeah, just to give every person every bit that we have. Yeah. What does? Now I hadn't anticipated asking this question, but it makes sense to ask you guys because you are such performers um what does performance mean to you like what is yeah what does performance mean to you i won't give you any other clues <laughs> uh well definitely a connection with the audience um, a heart-to-heart connection um and then it for me it also gets technical like i want to give the best actual performance i can with mm-hmm. the instruments i'm playing just to make it memorable for people, which is another route of connection for them. Right. Not to get too techy or anything, but that's for me personally. Right. Performance for me has been like such a hard journey because Mm -hmm. I did the solo thing for so long and I literally sit in a chair and use my words to to entertain. Like I talk and I tell stories and that kind of thing and I sit there. But now being in this band, like I've had to go through this like uncomfortable journey of like, what do I do with my hips? Like, what do I do with my feet? I don't know. I can't just stand here because yeah. it's going to look weird. Uh-huh. And so I've been trying to get into it more and like, you know, we've, and it's cool. Like we've gotten compliments about like how we engage with each other now, mm-hmm. you know, on stage and. Right. There's always a different kind of angle where you can get deeper with the performance aspect and not just with um, with the writing aspect. I mean, writing is such a deep process that, you know, is a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear it. Yeah, hear Sarah, <laughs> tell us. <laughs> Preach. I mean, to be completely honest, one of my favorite sayings that I've heard about a song or about music is that the song belongs to the listener. And, you know, I think we all have those songs that we've taken complete ownership that become part of, like, the soundtrack to your life or the things that, like, I really cannot explain what feeling I get or how it makes me feel when a song, like, really cuts me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, my favorite thing is when I hear a song that I, that's going to move me, like, like Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap. When I heard that song for the first time, I literally felt sad that something so beautiful would ever end. Like, huh. you're just so connected. It's, like, right there. And, and I guess when I've been to a show to see someone like Imogen or other bands, um, when they play these songs live and it makes me feel like more that I can, I feel like I'm going to burst with how much I enjoy listening to it. Like it would kill me to think of them like just singing those words like a robot or just Mm -hmm. doing what they do. Like, so I just have always promised myself as an artist that like every show, all I want is to go as deep into the root of that emotion of that song 
as I can and be back there and, and, and mean it as much as I did the first time I sang it or wrote that lyric because that's what the song deserves. And so I just, when I'm performing most, a lot of the time, like after the show, I try to remember what happened, you know, like it's like a trance in ways, like, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I feel that same way, like I'm going to explode or implode uh, when I hear music. I feel that way, but even more when I'm performing it. So it's like I have to climb or jump on something or like just like hold somebody's hand in the front row or just like make sure that they know like that I mean it. Mm, Yeah. Can you guys just all maybe go around and talk about some of your personal favorite influences and maybe how that's contributed to the music that you make together? Well, we actually just created a Spotify playlist oh, uh, awesome. called Inspire. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go to our Edison page, uh, or I can just uh, I can put all links, all pertinent links cool. will be on the SoundCloud page. Totally. So check it out. Um, but for me personally, this is Maxwell. Uh, I've you know I came from an instrumental guitarist background, so my two biggest influences were Tommy Emanuel and uh, I think a New York-based guitarist named Khaki King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have more roots, I guess, with um, with Tom Waits. Um, and more modern, uh, St. Vincent really helps me out, helps me sleep, helps me think, get through the day, um, keeps things pretty calm for me. And anything that, that does that for me inspires me to, to make better music on stage. Mm-hmm. I, could, I could just keep going with the list of musicians that have changed my life, but right now those are the main two. Awesome. Yeah, I love St. Vincent. Tom Waits isn't so bad either. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Um... When I was younger and started playing music, I was really inspired to to write the kind of lyrics that I do, which are pretty, uh, I don't really hold back with whatever I'm feeling, which mm-hmm. can be a, a good or a bad thing, but that's f- because I listen to a lot of the Counting Crows, like Adam Duritz, and mm-hmm. and then also Dashboard Confessional when I was okay. a teenager, you know, and Chris Caraba's writing style. Uh, but as I've gotten older, newer bands now, or in the last few years, uh, I really gravitate to City and Color, and uh, my favorite band is Explosions in the Sky, and I really like to listen to them when I'm writing lyrics, even mm-hmm. though it's instrumental music, and there's some of the guitar sounds that you hear on their um, album, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place, that I really feel like Max captured and, and Dustin captured when they went crazy in the lab on this Red Bull overnight, um, <laughs> and it's just like really cool to hear like this mashup of every person that we all just named. Um, there's some weird type of cocktail going on I think with all of it in one mm-hmm. awesome so rumor has it you guys uh Dustin and Max stayed up all night um making some really cool stuff in the in the session uh, and when I say all night are we talking we're talking like a 17 hour recording session yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you what happened tell tell us all the details well <laughs> so I mean just the the from start to finish um we wanted to capture the live um, feel that we have on stage on the album. Right. You know, we've done recordings in the past that we haven't been very um, happy with, and I think um, part of the re- I think definitely part of the reason was um, it was just it wasn't organic. You know, we would do track by track, and like um, we lost the like connectiveness to each mm-hmm. other by doing that. Um, and so Frenchie, the producer, wanted to to do um, a whole um, run of an entire set. He, was, he just said, play play a set. Play like you normally would. Do exactly what you normally would. So we got some beer and some whiskey and started <laughs> drinking. And then um, just start to finish, played an entire set. Wow. And then um, from there, we started building on top of 
those songs. Wonderful. So you kind of got the core of the magic of you three playing together and then were able to elaborate from there and kind of flesh out your vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, We took it like a pretty unconventional approach to the instrumentation on the album. So we got some pretty ethereal, psychedelic kind of background stuff. Um, And we, you know, we used uh, Miss Pac-Man Machine and put a microphone up to that and then just started playing it. Um, and that's actually on the intro to uh, our song Civil War, which you can uh, download now if you pre-order the album. Um, awesome. And, uh, yeah. Who thought of the Pac-Man idea? We actually took a break for a second and just um, let our eyes and ears rest and went over there and started playing it. And um, the producer or the assistant producer we were working with that day, Yayo, was just like, "We should, we should use that." So uh-huh. we ended up taping up a mic to it, and then just we got a chance to actually play it while it was recording. That's amazing. And uh, scored rather high on it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Um, and what was the vocal re- uh, recording process for you, like Sarah? It was a dream. Uh huh. It was, you know. I've gotten a we and myself whenever I was doing the solo thing before the band have had the opportunity to work with some really great people along the way but there was something different and challenging yet really open about Frenchie where I was more comfortable than I've ever been Mm -hmm. I mean he made me get down and freaking dirty in those emotions and Uh made sure that like he really pushed me until like I was just on the edge a little bit. Like, I was emotionally really drained after doing it. Um, and one of my memories, I remember he he was just like, no, I know you mean it more than that. Let's do it again. You mean it more than that. And, like, you know, you're, like, you're going. And it was, like, this beautiful thing because I, I was, like, almost like a coach. It's just, like, challenging you to, like, do a little bit better the next time. And then, you know, by the end of the day, I remember all the lights were off and I'm in the completely in the dark doing um, – the intro that's on the good fight the song that everyone uh, heard on this podcast and those, there's those like kind of ambient wails that you hear me doing right. that's um in the background and i actually was across the room from the microphone and i'm just in the complete dark just like gutted emotionally from like a full long day and just like literally he was just like i just want you to make noise for a little while and like those are just the things that came out wow. without really thinking much about it and then ended up being those backing sounds um but in the middle of that take i guess i started to really hit the energy he was looking for because all of a sudden he crawls out on all fours from the producer booth and i can just feel like two hands on my leg and i like look down and i'm like still singing and he's just like nodding his head like yeah oh yeah oh yeah and he's just like pumping me up and that's when i'm just like okay but she likes it i'm gonna keep going with this and it's just me and a grown man grabbing my legs in the dark recording vocals it was, it was so awesome though like i can't uh, he's he's someone who really brought out everything i could have ever wanted Wow. on a record and then to know that they had the same experience with Yayo and mm-hmm. and Sean and they also got to have that, a similar experience with Frenchie when they did their vocals you know it mm-hmm. was this perfect storm to kind of bring about a, a better version of ourselves or just a more um, expanded version of ourselves I, I remember whenever I got to hear it for the first time after they meshed you know our two you know different sides that were working on separate stuff it was like like to like the day you get to announce your album's coming out is cool but like the moment you privately in the studio hear the song for the first time like I don't know it felt like Christmas morning Mm. it was really cool um in terms of like just making an album and bringing in kind of themes and sounds like using the Mellotron or using like you know these ambient noises that you created um did you have a sense of wanting to make a 
a, like a cohesive sound or theme to the album when you went into the studio? Did you say, was it kind of like, hey, we've got this, we've got this set and we want to record it and see what happens? Or like, yeah, what, what kind of thought process um, did, or feelings did you have before going in? I want to know y'all's feelings, but I know for me that when we signed with the label, Rhyme and Reason Records, uh, the woman and badass who's in charge of it is Amy Black, and she's a godsend that found us last February, but whenever we were down at South by Southwest, you know, she was like, I I know the producer for you. His Mm -hmm. name is Frenchie. I just, I know it, but you got to meet him. So we had a meeting at South by Southwest. He came to see some of our showcases, ended up saving our sound at one of our shows or trying to save that sinking ship, and (laughs) um, we had a great meeting with him, liked his energy. But the thing Emmy said that was like green into my head before getting down there was just trust him, mm. go with it. So I really went in with without anything in my head except for knowing that we had the songs that we had, how we had them, but I was just going to trust wherever he wanted to take us. And, and, you know, he has a great resume and Emmy had f- discovered a band when she was doing A&R at Bar None Records uh, called The Front Bottoms. Mm-hmm. And they had recorded with Frenchie um, and a band we started getting into called Wild Child. So mm-hmm. I knew that going in and I just, I went in kind of blind and jumped off the cliff and was so happy with how good the water felt. But I don't know about you guys, if you already, had, I hadn't thought about a Mellotron or anything yeah. like that. No, I feel like we kind of, we had a, you know, a clear vision, but we walked into the studio as a, Almost, I don't want to say folk, but an indie folk, you know, slash rock band, mm-hmm. and a trio, and walked out with this psychedelic, just you know, wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Well, I can't wait to hear it, all of it, in September. Um, maybe you guys will even give me a sneak peek. I don't know. Um, oh, we'll give you another copy. <laughs> Woohoo! Awesome. 16th. Well, for everybody that's listening, um, make sure to pre-order the album now. It's going to be amazing. Um, see them if you can. They're actually going to be playing uh, July 6th um, for their last residency show uh, here in New York at Pianos. Um, and uh, so check that out. The link will be in this podcast Um session some really good acts playing that night (laughs) i will also be playing Mm -hmm. um i'm really excited to be sharing the stage with them and sharing the night with them really um that sounded weird (laughs) yeah we can't we have a we have a van uh and a trailer and we can't wait to share the night with you (laughs) thanks guys um so yeah come oh wow this tea is this tea and coffee is getting everybody's head (laughs) she lost a tooth but (laughs) but it was her dignity she's a good singer Uh, well, thanks, guys, for coming in, coming all the way down to Kensington, Brooklyn, sharing your amazing music. And again, if you're listening to this podcast, make sure to check out Edison. They've got amazing things coming up, happening in a city near you because they're touring the U.S. Um, and an awesome album about to come out. So check them out. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks thank for having us. Yeah, thank you for making us breakfast and having such a good conversation with us. Mm-hmm. Sorry we drank all your coffee. It's okay. Bye.